Hey, PSP3 Nation. Welcome to the Peak Sports Performance Podcast, dedicated to helping our family become not only elite athletes, but also elite individuals. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us again on the Peak Sports Performance Podcast. On today's episode, I will be speaking with Pittsburgh Pirates MILB prospect and longtime athlete, Connor Kaiser. Connor, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to speak to me. Thanks for having me. So you went to Blue Valley West here in Overland Park, Kansas. What sport or sports did you play while you were in high school? So I played uh, football, basketball, and baseball my freshman year. I ended up uh, not playing football after my freshman year and just focusing on basketball and baseball. Um, and I thought, I thought it was the best decision for me since um, I enjoyed playing basketball and baseball more than football. So uh, I got to spend most of my time on those two. And do you feel that being a multi-sport athlete in high school, uh, further along in your high school career, uh, do you think that really helped you on the baseball field? I, th- I think so. I think more than anything, I think competitively, um, that helped me the most just because basketball is at a different speed different pace um you're competing as different athletes right so your mind is obviously not on baseball you get to focus on a whole different sport different movements um so in terms of improving yourself athletically that was huge for me right as a shortstop i feel like that your your game was lateral movement which is is the game of basketball huge yeah huge no doubt i don't think i'm a huge speed guy so at the shortstop position you got to move laterally efficiently so I think basketball was huge from that standpoint but yeah no doubt excellent that's one of those things that I know that a lot of people talk about early sports specialization and whatnot but I think a lot of those key parts can not only let the body kind of rest especially in a one-side dominant sport like baseball but also help you hone in on some of those attributes that you don't get all the time while playing one sport like it changes direction in basketball explosive movements and, and that kind of stuff so and you spent your time um Training year-round. So you trained year-round while you were in high school uh, with us from your junior year on uh, at Vanderbilt and now with the Pirates. How does your training change as between the off-season and the in-season of baseball for yourself? So I think, I think out-of-season, or I guess in the off-season, um, I think we're focusing on more growth. So the weight will be kind of more substantial, in my opinion. Um, I think in-season, you're trying to stay healthy, right? So whatever you need to do to keep your body in the best shape it can be in. I think that's kind of what you're focused on. Um, obviously you're trying to make gains, but at the same time with travel mixed in during the season, um, you know, different, different eating habits and things you got to go through during the season. It's hard to maintain that strength. Um, so the biggest thing in season is, is maintenance. Um, out of season, it's, you know, you, you have more control over when you eat, you know, how you're sleeping, Right, all right. these all these different recovery things. So, um, I think that's that's the biggest factor when it comes to that. Well, in the off season, you have your time to work on your goals. This this off season, you had quite a while uh, due to the COVID year of looking at your goals of what's going to separate you from where you are and where you want to be, mm-hmm. and then bridging that gap. Because uh, in season, it's too late. You know, it's one of those things where I don't think a lot of kids know um, the rigors of minor league baseball and what it actually entails. Can you kind of talk about how? Um, you keep it all in perspective when you play six months of the year, every single day, traveling on buses. Uh, what is that like, and how do you kind of keep your mind sharp 
to play every day. Yeah, um, I, I think I think it can be challenging because a lot of these things are are in in your control. Um, I remember in college, you know, we had our we had our meals planned for us. Um, a lot of things that you know we just didn't have to worry about. Right. So with minor league ball, um, you know, you're usually traveling once or twice a week. Um, so if we were to play, let's let's say we traveled twice a week. Um, you know, you leave on a Wednesday. Uh, you play three or four games, and then you leave on a Sunday. Um, usually, you're you're driving through the night, so if you can sleep on a bus, that's ideal. But if you can't, if you can, if if you can't, then um, you know you're gonna have to find it somewhere or find, you know, ways to recover in another way. Um, so that that was challenging. But um, going back to the control factor, um, when you when you get into minor league ball, you you don't have anybody telling you what to eat how to, you know, what to drink. Um, if you can't sit on a bus, what are you going to do? Are you going to sit on your phone and, you know, not get recovered? Or, you know, what are you going to do? Right. So you, you have all these choices. Um, and if you, don't, if you don't make, you know, proper choices, then it's going to catch up to you. Right. So there's just different challenges. Um, it, it, it's hard to explain all of it just because um, – there's a lot of things that that go on that people wouldn't quite understand unless sure. you're in it. So well, and you also spent your your college years at one of the most prestigious baseball schools in America. How did that prepare you physically and mentally for minor league, major league baseball? I think the competition, um, as far as where I am right now, is is similar. Um, you play against pretty good arms, uh, similar to what you get in pro ball. Uh, in terms of like. Uh, where you're staying hotel wise it's uh it's a lot different um at least where i was uh vanderbilt you get treated um very well and in minor league ball at least at the at the class a level um it's not the same so um in terms of meals you're not going to be eating you know um let's say steak or anything like that you're going to get maybe pb and j stuff like that so it's just it's just different you know um I mean, our, our staple food when I was with the Cardinals, that grand that was back in 2008, 2009, was Chick-fil-A was a delicacy mm-hmm. or Pizza Hut pasta was the post-game meal. And it's just, you know, you kind of, like you said, you were on your own where if you wanted six sandwiches, you grabbed six sandwiches. And you right. really can go one or two other ways. And you see a lot of guys that kind of tail off because they don't take these things, they take these things, they take these things for granted rather than using them for their success to move the ladder because at least what I have found in – minor league ball is that it's everyone's looking for a chance mm-hmm. an opportunity and as soon as that opportunity comes you got to take it and if you're not healthy or your body's not ready then it's the next person up right and i think i think too you you have free time uh both in college and in pro ball but more so in, in pro ball because you know once you once you're on the bus you you can do whatever you want uh once you get to the hotel now you have all this free time right so if you don't have to be the field say you have a seven o'clock game uh, you know, you leave for the field at two. Okay, well now you got to figure out breakfast. You got to figure out lunch. Um, and and in most cases, there's not going to be ideal restaurants nearby. So you might have to go to a Walmart, right? You might have to make something right. um, that can help fuel your body. So all these things that um, you kind of learn along the way. But yeah, those are some of the different different uh, challenges that you have to face. Sure. And so, you know, with Vanderbilt being such a great baseball school, but also a great educational institute, 
uh, as a student athlete there. How did you balance those two? Um, at first it was, it was challenging. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I remember getting there and I was like, whoo, I don't know what I'm in for. Uh, <laughs> but I think, I think you hit on it. Time management. Um, you learn that very quick. You learn that, you know, you don't have much free time. If you're, you're going to, you're going to have class in the morning from, you know, eight to eight to 12, eight to one every day. So you got to get yourself up, eat breakfast, um, you know, grab lunch after class. Uh, you know, you'll have you'll have practice from, you know, one one to six usually. You know, eat dinner, then you got to study. So in terms of free time, there's not much. Um, so that's that's one of the things where you gotta you gotta you gotta figure out for yourself. You know, is this something that you want to do? And if it is something you want to do, then for me, it was easy to dial in and focus in on on what I had to do to you know try and be successful. Right. Right. Well, not only a lot, a lot of people know this about you, but you were a two-way guy in high school. You played shortstop and were a pitcher. Uh, and you had a lot of opportunity to move on to the next level, professional level, very quickly out of high school if you'd chosen to. But you'd have to drop the shortstop position and become a pitcher only. What made you stick with your decision to play shortstop, um, go to Vanderbilt, and forego looking at the draft after high school? I think for me, I just enjoyed, I enjoyed playing every day. I enjoyed being a position player. Um, still do. Um, but I, you know, when someone tells you, you know, you, you can't do something, you have, you have two choices. You can either believe it and be like, okay, maybe this is who I am. Right. Or you can say, you know, no, I think, I think, I think there is some improvement I can make. You know, I don't, you may not believe whatever somebody's telling you and you can work harder and, and try and figure something out. And that's just kind of the way I looked at it. And, you know, I, I just, I just knew and, and thought I could play shortstop and, and, and infield at the next level. So, yeah, I just I, – you can't – you can never stop believing in yourself. And that's, that's the one thing I've learned. No matter what anybody tells you, you just have to keep working hard and keep foot, putting one foot in front of the other. Right. You don't want to – you know, you never, never regret not trying something. You know, you fall on your face, it's whatever. You get up and do it again. But the, la- the lack of or worry of regret is something like that that – you can't get rid of. And I, I, tell our, I tell our kids all the time, they always ask me, like, where did you play college baseball? And I said, I didn't. I chose not to. Mm-hmm. And to this day, it's still one of the biggest regrets I've ever had. Um, I missed the game. I hopped into live BP last summer for the first time in probably 10 years, the bat in my hand against one of the college arms, just for fun. And it's, it's one of those things where, you know, when someone, like you said, when someone tells you you cannot do something, it should light a fire in you to either prove it to them or do everything in your power to – Try to because you'll learn so much about yourself that way. No I think doubt. that a lot of people shy away from adversity because they're afraid of failing. Well, at the end of the day, if you look at the best leaders, the, the best people in the in, in the MLB or NFL or even the biggest sports, they're the biggest failures that have always have overcome that and keep going over and over and over again. And so, I guess the question I would have for you about that uh, adversity is, you know, uh, the number one player in the country was the guy in front of you at Vanderbilt the year when you were there with Danzy Swanson. So how did going to Vanderbilt, because it, everybody should know and knows that when you were in high school, you were one of the best kids, you were the, one of the best baseball players in the Metro. And one of the hardest things to do is to raise your game to get better when you're already better than most people. What did go to, going to Vanderbilt do for your baseball career? I think, I think the best thing is to just be where your feet are. And that's, that sounds very, very easy, but um, it's not right. So, the, the biggest thing you do is, is put your head down, work hard, um, kind of assess your game, what you need to improve on, and 
you know, people are going to talk and have all these opinions about what you think is going to happen. But in reality, that's just, that's not going to be the case, right? Because things are going to shape out the way they're going to shape out. So all you can do is work hard and keep a positive attitude and whatever, what everybody says, it just doesn't matter. So sure. you just got to keep focus. And Do you feel like being around those athletes helped you kind of elevate and want to go out and beat them and be better than them and do those aspects of it? Or what was the, what was the Vanderbilt mentality as the, as the, Everybody knows Coach Corbin is well known for his ability to coach and get athletes to the next level and whatnot. What what was that environment like? I think more so it's just it comes down to competing. So even if even if you know you're up against guys that are very good players, um, you can't replace competition. So if you're not willing to compete, then you know it's playing sports at the highest level is probably not going to be for you because there's always going to be somebody you know, that, that might be better or, you know, shooting for the same position as you. So that's always going to be the case. And um, like I said, it comes down to competition. And some people either go up to that, you know, line or they, you know, don't want to be in that environment. So I think that in my mind, it's it's all about competing and, and um, everything will fall into place. Sure. Sure. Well, we'll see how the season goes from this, this year, but they've got quite the one-two punch on the mound this year. So They do. They do. <laughs> They're stacked. So uh, I always like to finish off with uh, some fun quick-fire questions, which you didn't get in advance, so you have no idea what I'm going to say, which is the best part. Um, so your parents are owners of Golden Belt Beef. Amazing, amazing, amazing meat company. Uh, homegrown. Uh, my wife and I shop there very often. If you don't know where it is, you should know. 151st and 69 Highway. Um, but what's your go-to beef there? What's the go- the thing you have to have from there? I personally like ribeye. I like a little more fat on my steak. Um, I, that's probably our best seller. Um, so if you're in if you're into steak, you know I I would go with ribeyes. Um, you know you can't beat the ground beef. Um, I guess one of the different um, steaks that. Golden Belt provides is uh, picanha. It's like a Brazilian mm-hmm. steak. Yeah. Um, pretty lean. Um, so I would suggest trying that. But um, yeah, those would be my suggestions. Okay. Best college baseball park you've ever played at? I'll say. You can't say Vanderbilt because I know you went to school yeah, there. So you got to pick somewhere else besides that. I'll say. Uh, like best environment, whatever. Best environment, probably. Uh, we, I went to LSU my freshman year, and that was pretty fun. Um, in terms of the fans, the, the environment, the fans, they were great. Uh, playing surface and just overall atmosphere, I'll say Arkansas. Okay. Um, not, not their fans, though. Not their fans, yeah. <laughs> just the playing surface. No. Yeah, I mean, it's so true. You, you play at a ton of good schools. Um, Mississippi State comes to mind. That was really fun. It, different type of environment, a lot of cowbells and, and uh, uh, <laughs> just – I would say that place is more um, intense. Right. You know, it feels like the fans are just right on you. It reminds um, me kind of of um, minor league baseball at the lower levels. So I was in Double A. It wasn't the same. It was Double A was more bigger cities with um, the Cardinals, but like rookie ball when I was working for them, it was like very small towns. Like it was the sport there, mm-hmm. and people came out in droves to watch these games. And it was like you said, cowbells, people hitting air horns. Uh-huh. Like it was. And that makes it fun. I it feel does. Like. It does. It does. It'll be nice to hopefully have fans this year. But uh, yeah, no doubt. Um, so also, you've recently gotten married and bought a house. The question everybody wants to know is, when's the baby coming? That was what I was asked too. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Hope, hopefully soon, but uh, no timeline on it. 
That's the question. I got asked that at my wedding day was, when's the baby coming? I was like, I just got married. This is crazy. <laughs> one but, thing at a time. Right, right. Uh, okay, last one for you. Favorite PSP3 memory can be anything. Can be a workout, could be a group, could be a class, could be anything. What do you got? We, uh, I can't remember when Madness started, but um, Madness started uh, for me as a sophomore in high school. And I just remember uh, we would do it on Saturdays. Um, you, you would probably be better at describing the workout, but very intense, uh, very high speed. Um, it would be something different every Saturday. And I just remember the first few times that I did it, it was uh, very challenging for me. I Sometimes I'd finish, sometimes I wouldn't. But um, I just remember um, it was sort of a way to compete, you know, against other people. It, right. Not in a sport, but just like it was who, like a friendly, who, it was like who a friendly, can last? Like a friendly competition. Now we kind of that actually started uh, when John Scavuzzo came in early one day, and Tracy and I were working out, and he was like, "What are you guys doing?" And like, we're just getting after today, and they, he wanted to join in, and it kind of turned into this group of like Ralston and Vestings and Bourne and Engelkin and you and a bunch of other people that like just loved competition, and it wasn't like who had to win; it was more like who's not going to quit. Mm-hmm. And I think that. Um, you know, it's very hard to change the mindset of athletes, like make them want to be competitive. But what's, what's really cool about that class was like it, we built this culture of, of, of a group of people that really like truly like, I want to beat you, you want to beat me, we're all going to get better. And let's just go out and do this. And it was one time a week, it was nothing crazy. We did it in the off seasons. Um, I mean, I, I could probably talk for weeks on stories of mm-hmm. madness, things that have happened or whatnot. But I think, yeah, I think like you said too, it's like you're there with all your boys and Right. It's just it's just another time to hang out and to see you know who's gonna who's gonna try and win you right. know who's gonna try and give their all and um, yeah it was a good time. Well, Connor, I appreciate you joining us today. Wishing you the best of luck this spring heading off here. I think beginning of April. Um, hopefully. hopefully, we'll get to see you raise the ranks and move on up this year. Sounds so. good. Thanks for having me.